Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? All right, welcome on back to another edition of the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast. It is Thursday night, August 25th, 2022. My name is Jake Luke, and I'm joined on my screen by good friend of the show, Zeech Batman. How's it going, pal? Yes, sorry. The young hit, young hit is back in the lineup. Yeah, yeah, back in the lineup, coming out of the bullpen a little bit there. Uh, uh, our friend who usually records with me, I uh, got a little, you know, maybe he took it a little deep on the golf course there, so that's totally <laughs> fine. Uh, you know, I had himself a day, and that's great. But uh, yeah, we uh, we called you up here last minute. So uh, how's everything going, man? How, let's just check in with you real quick. How's the the writing going? How's how's life as we uh, approach oh. the regular season? I'm good. I'm starting to get a little bit antsy. I'm starting a new job tomorrow, so that always brings all sorts of feelings. Um, I'm currently working on an article about like what the trade market could look like for the Ravens right before the season starts. So trying to stay busy, trying to stay busy until the until the season gets here. You're truly just a, a grind boy. I really respect that about you. Well, I've got the age to grind like this, so yeah. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's an interesting time. Uh, I think on the NFL calendar, everyone talks about the, uh, the dead zone that's six weeks after like probably the draft. And then, I mean, probably longer than six weeks, like after the draft and then up to uh, really when training camp starts. And uh, this is kind of a sneaky quiet period too, with the preseason, like the games are obviously very big, but like it's been changed by the fact that they're not making cuts week by week. So it's all just like a lot of the time you have like all the cuts happen at once or like we'll get into some of the ones that have happened so far, but they haven't been very big. So it's kind of just like a lot of wait and see and sort of wait and see on the games themselves. How have you, uh, how have you been enjoying the, uh, the preseason games thus far? Um, you know what? It's just fun to watch Ravens football again. Obviously it's not a lot of the starters, but it's cool to see a lot of these young guys and it's, it's just, it's so different to see like none of the starters playing, but it's really cool to see guys like, I mean, it, you can view it how you want, but I've, I've enjoyed watching Kyle Hamilton play four quarters of football and seeing what a full game looks like from him. I've enjoyed watching Isaiah likely ball out in a, an entire half. So I'm enjoying it. I'm just enjoying, I'm enjoying the ride the preseason gives. No, no real nerves or anxiety that comes from it besides maybe some injury wears. So you're not just like absolutely 
clutching your chest there, just like, you know, hanging with every play, hoping the streak stays alive? You're not that guy? Um, the streak is fun, but I think I'm I'm still more locked in on the Orioles right now than I am on Ravens preseason football. So how are we feeling about that? Are they, they're playing right now, right? Um, they are playing. Last I saw, they were up two to one. Uh, Tony Taters hit a nice two run bomb to put them up. I saw that. Um, was, yeah, that was early in the early in the game, right? Yeah, as far as I know, um, they're still up. But no, I love it. Baseball is my my first love. I always talk baseball. Um, Gunner should be up real soon. Stowers, hopefully, will get figured out. And whether or not this is a playoff team, it's been a fun team. And as long as they fin- finish above 500, they did what they needed to do this season. And as one Michael Elias once said, it's liftoff from here. Yeah, no, it feels like they uh, they kind of have already done what they needed to do in some respects. So, uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been interesting. They are still up two to one breaking news. I, I use the power of Google to figure that one out. So, yeah, still Amazing. up on the White Sox there. Uh, hopefully they can uh, they can take the series and keep the momentum rolling. And hopefully some AL teams above them can actually start to lose. That would be kind of helpful. But yeah, obviously. yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I guess we can, uh, you know, that's enough banter. We can jump into some Ravens news. I guess we can we can actually kind of start here. So Elliot Alderson says, y'all rock. Thank you. Quick thought on Mims. So Denzel Mims is ostensibly not going to be on the New York Jets this season. His agent putting some like uh, notes app statement out there on Twitter today talking about how he wants to be traded or released. Denzel Mims, a big uh, target of fancy for Ravens fans. I know Voss is absolutely just jumping in his, you know, shaking in his boots, hoping that the Ravens find a way to acquire him. So what, what, what are your thoughts on that with the way this wide receiver room is shaking out right now? Um... I think it's, I don't see how they don't look into it, in my opinion. Like, it just needs to be looked into. I love Denzel Mims coming out of the draft. I thought they, I thought they had a real shot, and then they took Jake with either, either they took JK and he went right after, or it was the other way around. And I Denzel think they, I think they picked JK and then he went a few picks later. And I was totally shocked that they went running back instead of Mims there. And, I mean, J.K. looks like an absolute stud. Mims has hardly hardly seen the field for the Jets, and their wide receiver room hasn't exactly been great while he's been there. So who knows what that means, but I would love to see him come on over here. I can't imagine he will be – I mean, he's a previous second, but I can't imagine you have to pay more than like a sixth or a fifth, maybe even conditionally, to grab him, so – yeah, it's a good point. And like the room is really not even rounded off quite yet, which is funny. I mean, they just added Robinson uh, a couple days ago at this point. And, uh, you know, they've got uh, they've got guys in the mix like Bridges and whatnot who have shown a little bit and are probably going to be on 53. But there's always room to compete. And uh, he obviously if they were to trade for him, he wouldn't like play in this last game. If they were to like sign him, it would be an interesting situation having not had him in camp and anything like that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's always you know, whenever like any wide receiver of like literally any import hits the market, Ravens fans kind of have to talk about it. And we are Ravens fans. Yeah, so there we go. We've talked. I about think. It. Yeah, I think more importantly, I mean, I like Mims, but again, you bring up the point like he's like they've they have so many guys. I mean, like what? They're probably only going to keep five. They've got so many guys competing for that fifth spot right there. And I'm going to be honest, I think the edge room is a little bit more of a worry right now, personally, as far as like depth and just who is going to play in the edge. Just overall, I've got an article coming out about that. That's actually what I'm writing right now. So they need to find somebody to take some snaps in the edge room. Yeah, it's a sneaky, like really kind of, I wouldn't say really big knee, but it's sneaky. Like there's not a ton of depth there. And like with Bowser's status uncertain, I mean, that's 
makes things all the more uh, all the more anxiety inducing with that position. I know people are bullish on this defense. I am too, but that's a little bit of a worry for me for sure. I guess speaking on the defense, we can kind of go to uh, the big heavies up front. Uh, touch on our first bit of news that I had written down here, which was that Travis Jones suffered a hyper extended knee against the Cardinals, which he was actually kind of showing out in that game. And then uh, that means that he's going to miss the rest of the preseason. And I think that might actually cut into the season a little bit. So what do you, what do you thought on uh, what are your thoughts on Travis Jones's injury here? I, I know it's obviously not a good thing, but how do you feel about like the, the defensive line kind of around him and you know how fit they are to weather this? Yeah. Um, I think they're, it's probably the, besides maybe, hmm, I would have said last year, maybe the secondary might have been the deepest before the injuries. This year, it doesn't feel the same. The defensive line might be their deepest spot. Like, they just have countless of guys, and where we've been talking, like, who are they going to cut, and what teams do they go to when they're cut? Because they're not going to be able to stash any of these guys on the practice squad. Aaron, uh, Aaron Crawford, Isaiah Mack, they're going to get shots with other teams to make rosters, make the impact. Um, so I'm, if Travis Jones has to sit out a week or two, I think the, about the three week mark would be when it would start cutting into week one and you'd have to kind of worry. Um, I wouldn't be worried. I mean, Brett Urban, in my opinion, isn't even like a lock to make this roster. So if you need to step him, need him to step in real quick, he can. So, yeah, definitely. I think, uh, they are in a good spot there. I think, uh, it's good that they did make that urban signing the fact that they signed michael pierce i know it was kind of controversial at the time and probably still is to some people but it's a position where you can run out of depth pretty quickly it's similar to like you know the ravens always like go into seasons with like all this cornerback depth and then all of a sudden they have none i feel like that sneaky kind of happens on the defensive line a little bit too so it hurts to lose a guy like jones who like a would have been a depth piece for you and b is also really promising but i think they've hopefully learn their lesson with some of these, these rookies and young guys to not like rush them back from injuries. And um, yeah, I think if they allow him to take his time that they'll be, uh, they'll be fine in this instance. And uh, you know, there's still another game for a young defensive lineman to show out and maybe, uh, maybe earn himself a, a spot on the final 53. Yeah, no, um, I'm Travis Jones, in my opinion, should sit out week one and week two. There's no reason to rush him back. It's such a deep room. There's no reason to take this risk. And I I don't think there's probably a defensive position that needs more depth than a defensive line. I mean, these are 300, 350 pound guys that like you don't want running around like all the time. They're like they're big guys. They're gonna. I mean, sure they're in football shape, but they're gonna get exhausted. I like having six, seven guys that you can rotate, keeping them fresh. That's how you get the most out of them per snap. Yeah, definitely. And I think especially with like a new defensive scheme and everything like that, it's it makes sense to just kind of take your time with a young guy like that and just allow some of the veterans to sort of do what they need to do to learn McDonald's system. And then, you know, it's just, it's a lot on a young guy's plate to come in and make an impact right away, which Jones might've well done, but now he's going to have the injury to deal with. So take your time with him and uh, just kind of allow things to uh, happen naturally because you have the the depth to withstand it for sure. Uh, Speaking, I guess of depth a little bit, we can talk about some of the players who have been cut so far. So I mentioned the fact that it's changed. Uh, the NFL has from recent years where they would have like rounds of cuts. Now it kind of all tends to happen at once, except for the fact that it kind of didn't hear where they waived, I think five guys to sort of get themselves started with their cuts. The Ravens did. So on Tuesday, this is from our Kyle Barber. They waived wide receivers, Bailey Gaither and Jalen Moore, both already picked up by the giants, I believe actually, which is interesting. Uh, and then I've, Bailey Gaither, I think actually just um, like, they said he like failed his physical, so oh. he got waived by the Giants already. So, oh, I hate that for him. So, yeah, he's not yeah. going to be with the Giants. Jalen Moore, 
Jalen Moore actually kind of like had people intrigued uh, early this summer, so he's going to. He was my wide receiver five going in. I thought he was making the roster as soon as preseason started. Yeah, which shows you exactly that you need uh, you need to actually do take some uh, take some stock in the preseason games and the practices because you know Bridges goes out there and kind of shows him up a little bit in that first game, and then all of a sudden he's uh, on the outside looking in. So. Yeah, Bailey Gaither, Jalen Moore, Slade Bolden, the uh, the the hype beast uh, among this uh, undrafted wide receiver group. He was weighed with an injury settlement, I think. So he just had surgery, and yeah, what's what? what yeah, I think say? for a sports hernia, I think he went like he passed through waivers. I believe he's on the Ravens' IR now. I think he's still technically part of the team now, just like stashed until next year at this point. All right, well that's that's good to hear, uh, especially with the I team. think. Yeah, I, I think you might be right too, but you know, unfortunately, it's impossible to actually Google that. So you know, we're just gonna have to sit here and be uncertain about it. Uh, they also waived Diego Fago, the Navy linebacker, who a lot of people were kind of hoping would uh, make the team as a good story. And then offensive tackle Jared Jones Smith. Obviously, like Fago is kind of a big name, um, just coming from Na- like if you're in the area at least, like, and you watch some Navy games, like you you know who he is and. Uh, obviously a great story. So wishing him the best. I think Jared Jones Smith, not too familiar with, but uh, what, what are your thoughts on those guys? Um, I like Diego. He was, um, I'm a big Navy guy. Go, uh, go Navy beat army. Um, so it was kind of upsetting to see him get cut, but they've got a lot of guys in front of him who I like more. I like, I like Josh Ross and I like Zacoby McLean. Um, and then you've also obviously got Welch as well. Um, so it's kind of sad to see him go. I think he makes a roster somewhere. He's looked good to me. Um, Slade Bolden, obviously the uh, the hype beast. He'll um, stick around for so Ravens fans don't have to jump off a cliff just yet. And then I literally couldn't tell you a single thing about the offensive tackle. Uh, Jared Smith, I think you said his name J- Jared Jones Smith. He's a hyphenated <laughs> Jones boy, Smith. I'm we, sorry. We like those. Uh, do they have a hyphenated guy like as a roster lock yet? Because that's a that's a need. Like you've got to have that. It is it is, it is a sneaky need, and I don't know if they have one. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to check in on that. But uh, yeah, Jerry Jones Smith out of the picture. So th- there's one that is not gonna be on the team, unfortunately. Cologne Castillo used to be one, and then I think what he just went to Cologne. He changed to Cologne, so. which is an ex- interesting kind of choice there. You're obviously taking oh Jalen, your your guy, Jamer Armour Davis, my guy, JAD. Yeah, how how do he you miss just, that? You have, we haven't even seen him. It's just been oh my god, we can get into that. Yeah, we'll we'll touch we'll on be, that for we, sure. But yeah, we'll I mean, touch I touched the preview game. Yeah, so they got one there with uh, Armour Davis, I guess. So that's good at least. But uh, thank you. Yeah. So yeah, those those are the uh, I guess initial round of cuts you can call it, uh, and then we'll see what happens with the. Rest of it feels a little more predictable, I think, this year than it has in years past. I remember last year there was a lot of crunch going on at the end. I feel like as far as receiver and then maybe some of these defensive backs, you almost have too many of them. But other than that, it feels like things are kind of set with this roster, at least in my opinion. Um, for the most part, I think it's I don't know if it's been like this, but I think it's so they start off with 90, and I think after each preseason game, they have to cut it by five by that like following Tuesday. So like last week they had to get down to 85, this week they had to get down to 80. So I think there is like a like they slowly reduce them and then there's the big cut down to 53 before it might it might have been a COVID thing where they just all got cut at once but I do remember that kind of I, factoring in yeah you could be right I truly don't remember yeah but uh, yeah and those again are, no internet to find out so yeah exactly there's just no it's impossible <laughs> to even look up um, but yeah that's that is the initial round of cuts there like I said nothing like super surprising amongst those names but uh, yeah that's that's your first first round of names. Uh, and then I guess last thing that we wanted to touch on here, um, Chuck Clark, Ravens stalwart safety of many years, uh, spoke with the media for the first time 
since last uh, season, the last game of last season, he met with the media, and I think he literally only had one thing to say, which was watch how we bounce back, uh, and just seemed like a great kind of team leader in the moment there, and then uh, things maybe took a little bit of a southward turn for him when, um, you know, Tony Jefferson came into the picture, and like he was probably going to be a part of this team in 22, and then they draft Kyle Hamilton, they signed Marcus Williams, he kind of started to see himself as persona non grata here a little bit. Uh, and he actually kind of admitted to that when speaking uh, with the media a little bit today. So I'm reading uh, our Kyle Barber's article here. And uh, one of his quotes that I wanted to touch on was, uh, there was definitely a time where, or there definitely was a time where I didn't know what was going to happen, honestly. I mean, whatever was going to come was going to come. I mean, at one point I did feel that way, saying that, you know, he wanted out. But then he continues, but now that I'm out here with my team, I'm just like, I'm here. I'm locked in. They're going to get what I got for right now. So whatever comes then in the future, that's what's going to come. So he's just very, like, very zen. He's just putting it out there that whatever happens, happens. He's that guy right now, which usually that's like something when your buddy, like, breaks up with his girlfriend or something. He's like, hey, I'm just doing me. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. It's like, and we've, we've all been there and, like, I get it. But he's handling things pretty well. And especially the fact that, like, it's, it really sounded like he did one out and, like, it might have happened. Uh, I do know that there's some interesting stuff between the Ravens front office and his agent. So I don't know like how that factored into all this. And then uh, he also like, he did seem a little hurt by the Hamilton pick. He touched on that today too, where he said, I was definitely surprised, uh, you know, parentheses that they picked him. He said, I mean, I didn't know what was going to happen. He's a great guy, great teammate to be with. So like to answer your question, I was surprised at first. I didn't know it was going to happen. So it sounds like he was kind of, taken for, uh, you know, thrown for a bit of a loop there with the Hamilton pick. And he was maybe a little bit emotional about it, but as you know, things usually happen like this, uh, in this case, he's just kind of rolling with it. He likes the guy personally. And, uh, you know, he's just, he, listen, he's just going to let the chips fall where they may, whatever happens, happens. Right. Yeah. Um, if you didn't already have the most like utmost respect for Chuck Clark, which I don't know how you, how you don't, um, I think this just cements it even further. I mean, what a class act. I mean, he's pra- he has basically three guys come into his room, all with the potential to like come in and take significant amount of snaps from him. And besides like a little bit of a clearing of a Twitter and going to the front office directly, like what's going on here, he's hasn't really done much and he's come in and now given everything he has during training camp and OTAs and just proven to be the leader that we know that he was over these past couple of years. So at this point, I think he knows that he's probably playing for his future for another team. I think that's not disrespectful or surprising to say, like it's hard to see a picture, uh, a future with him here, to be honest. Um, so I think he knows why he's like got to play hard. I think he would do it either way. He just seems like that kind of stand up guy. Um, but I'm excited. Like it sounds, so it sounds like it really is like he's going to stick around for the whole season, which I don't think anybody sees. So I think we'll see a lot of three safety sets and we're going to see what this defense can do. And maybe they can find a way to make three safety sets more of a base and maybe give him a chance. Like, Hey, maybe you can stay if you want, want this role here. Yeah. And like reading up on McDonald's defense, it sounds like it's less about kind of that blatant aggression that you would see from wink. And it's, you know, maybe a little bit more conservative, but also good blitzing. That's kind of, hidden with disguising and whatnot. So to have sort of that veteran there that's able to pull off that kind of stuff from the back end and run those three safety sets to your point, I think that definitely is a really valuable thing. It's valuable with the fact that he's been the green dot guy. I mean, communication is something that's very easy to forget about as a fan, but 
to be able to kind of keep your shit together in a huddle and like be able to call a defensive play when, you know, you've got 80,000 people screaming at you on a road game in the AFC North, like in bad weather, like that's has implicit value in and of itself. So he definitely, he brings a lot of value to this football team and, you know, they've got him under contract is a sneaky thing. Like if he wants to leave at some point, it's going to have to be via trade probably. So they're going to get something for him. They're in a really good spot with him. They have a lot of leverage and, uh, you know, I hope it works out for both parties because like you, like you said, I like Chuck, I respect him a lot. And uh, I'm glad that he's going to be uh, a part of this football team personally. So uh, I guess yeah. that's all we got on Chuck Clark. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe Kyle Hamilton, like after kind of he's kind of had some struggles this season, has looked good though. I've really liked what I've seen from Kyle Hamilton. Maybe he puts it together the first half of the season, and maybe the Ravens decide that they need like that wide receiver to get them over the room. Maybe they need an edge player or somebody else, and. Maybe it's time for Chuck Clark to go. Maybe they find somebody that can pass the green dot, but I think he sticks around for this season. I think he makes himself a hell of a payday with another team, and I think we probably see the best of Chuck Clark yet. I think he's pissed off and ready to be ready to be a starting safety on any NFL team right now. Yeah, you, that's a good point about him being a trade ship at some point. There's a, just a, a, lot of, a lot of variables here to monitor with the situation, so it's a, a hashtag watch this space with Chuck Clark. But uh, yeah, I guess that's all we got for news. You ready to jump into the into the preview for this uh, upcoming preseason game? Heck yeah, man. Preseason. Nothing gets me pumped up like it. Don't ignore what I said in the first five minutes when I said otherwise. No, yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's it's big time stuff. I had to Google. <laughs> I had to Google which night the game was on. I had to Google what time it was. I had it's, to Google whether it's it was. Saturday, right? Yeah, it's, it's Saturday. It's Saturday okay. at I think 7 p.m. I already forgot, uh, which, you know, that's. Really good. Seven, I thought I was six. Who, listen, who could say? It's it truly who could say at this point. Um, <laughs> they're taking on the Commanders. I know that the the Battle of the Beltway. You get that every year at least. So that's a mainstay. And uh, yeah, I mean, they're really unfortunately there's not much to touch on here. Like I feel there's like nothing. Yeah, I feel like we we saw what we need to see in the first two games. I think Bridges being the story of the first one, kind of rounding out the final part of that wide receiver group. And then uh, some of the depth pieces and the young guys in that second game really stepping up, whether it was Jones, whether it was Hamilton to an extent, uh, whether it was, um, you know, some of the guys along the offensive line. It just feels like this team's very deep. We saw that in the second game. What do you what, let me I guess we can start with the offense. What are you what are you looking for from this offense? Which I don't even know if they're going to play Huntley. I mean, I, they probably I, will because you only have three QBs, but. It's just I like, mean, maybe maybe they give maybe they give Anthony Brown like the whole game. I actually wouldn't mind seeing Anthony Brown get the whole game, to be honest. Um, I don't know. It feels like every piece that I wanted to see, like in this game, offense and defense, like every guy that was like, okay, need to see something from him, is just not playing. Like Ben Cleveland, this was gonna be like, I was kind of hoping he would come out and like cement himself as, like, yep, this is my spot, and now he's injured this week, so who knows? I was really hoping Ben Cleveland would take the starting spot. Who knows who's starting at left guard now? Who knows who's making the offensive line if Ben Powers is getting traded or what's happening there with Tyree Phillips playing left tackle because Lord knows we want to see that. Um, beyond the offensive line, um, maybe Justice Hill can finally like can secure a spot. I really think they do keep him. I think they keep four backs to start the year because they don't want to use J.K., out the gate, and I think Justice Hill brings something to this team right now. Um, and then they, they, I mean, I think there's still something to figure out in the wide receiver room. I'm not sold on Bridges. He had two, like, admittedly fantastic catches in the first game. Didn't really do much outside of that. And then had a really quiet second game. So I'm, I'm not sold on Bridges. I haven't, um, 
seen much when I've watched his film. I mean, he separates really well, like in contact, not much of a separator route wise, like say like a Bateman or something. But um, I mean, Demarcus Robinson sounds like he's going to get some play. So maybe Demarcus Robinson kind of pushes him out the way. I really like Makai Polk. He, um, I think if there's an undrafted guy that makes it, I think it should be him. I think he's got the better hands. I think he's got the better route running. I think he just can do more for this team personally. Um, Raleigh Webb showed out, so maybe he does something. I don't even know, but I think the wide receiver room has something to get, has something to prove out there. I don't want to see. I don't. Even, I don't know if they can do this. I don't know if they have enough guys. If they can avoid it, I don't want to see a single snap from Isaiah Likely right now. No, uh, that's. Yeah, I mean, they played him probably too much in the other game. If we're being honest, so he's. It's been pretty much cemented that that guy's going to be a big part of this team, and uh, that was pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I guess that really was the story of the second game. Now that we now that we we mentioned it, but uh, yeah, I think I, I'm good on that as well. And uh, yeah, you're probably right that things aren't completely sewn up at the back end of the wide receiver room. So that's something to pay attention to. I guess running back, you got a little bit of a carousel there. It's come down to. Beatty Davis and Justice Hill. I was reading Jeff Z's uh, article today. Sounds like he's bullish on uh, Davis and Beatty getting those roster spots to start the year with Justice Hill being the odd man out. But uh, yeah, I mean, that kind of feels like one where it will be hard for Hill to like kind of make up ground on the other two guys at this point, even with like a big game here. Yeah, I don't think he can make up ground. I think more than anything, he might just be able to force the Ravens to keep four running backs as insurance for like JK until until Gus comes back. And then maybe if he has a good season, if he makes the team, maybe he can be like, yeah, you guys can't cut me when Gus comes back. Like I've been too valuable. He's looked really good. I really liked how justice Hill he's, this is probably the best he's ever looked. He silently came back from that Achilles injury faster than anybody. He looks stronger than ever. He looks faster than ever. He looks so good right now. And then Nate McCrary didn't get cut, right? Like he's still over there. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the offense. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, you're not wrong. You're not running wrong. back. It's, it's it's tough. It's it's tough uh, with this this final season week three, baby. We're gonna we're gonna get it hyped somehow. We are. Listen, we're gonna find a way to find a way to get super excited here uh, about the defense. What, what are you looking for on that side of the ball? I mean, it, your boy Armor Davis is not gonna suit up, is he? <sighs> I've waited how long to see Armor Davis in game action, and he has managed to find a way to miss. All three preseason games, just to spite me, it's because I never did. It's because I never did the man right. I never, I forgot about him. I didn't remember that he was the hyphenated guy on the team. I deserve this. So, I hate that for you. Yeah. So he's not going to yeah. play. I mean, Travis Jones is not going to play. I d- I'm interested to see if they play Hamilton because, to your point earlier, they played him a lot in the first two games. He uh, left today with like an injury, uh, but Harbaugh said it was just precautionary just, stuff. Like, precautionary. Yeah. yeah. I'm not but, too worried about that. It's not. The I time. like. So, so people were like complaining, like, oh, look at, look, Kyle, like the, the, there are some people who just really don't like Kyle Hamilton. Like, like there are a lot of Ravens fans on Twitter who just think he's just not good. And it just, I mean, you were literally referred to him as the kid. I don't understand how you can not like him. I mean, he just looks like he has all the charisma in the world. Yeah. I, I, um, they, I think, but they were like listen, talking like, you look at him, he's it's playing like, in the fourth quarter. Go ahead. Sorry. I think they're jealous. It's like, uh, that's why Marlon Humphrey's picking on him so much. Cause he's actually threatened by his uh, charisma and good looks. I, I think Marlowe is is like kind of concerned for his spot on the team with uh with um Hamilton coming in. But everybody was like talking like, oh look, Hamilton's playing in the fourth quarter. They clearly don't trust him. But Travis Jones was playing deep into the third quarter, and that's what got him hurt. And I don't think Travis Jones had any more to prove. Isaiah likely played the whole first half. I don't think it was anything to do with 
them not trusting Hamilton. I think they just wanted to give him snaps because he's going to have a big role in the season. And any kinks in the program that he's got, they want to get it worked out now, fix any bugs. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I think you're right about that. I'll be interested to see how much Roney gets in this game because I think they probably will suit him up. I mean, but they, like, there's options at safety, man. Like They're pretty deep with Jefferson, with Geno Stone. Um, Washington. Uh, yeah, Washington's still in the mix. I mean, they got guys that they can run out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, outside of him at corner, I mean, you're the cornerback guy. Give me, give me the breakdown of the bottom of this cornerback room and who we're going to be watching. Um, I want to see Kyle Foley get more run. I mean, all we've seen on Twitter every day during practice is just tweet after tweet of beat writers saying, Oh, there's Fuller getting burned again. He looked, he did look good, um, against Arizona in week two though, and had the pick. He think he had a really high PFF grade, which I don't know what a PFF grade in week two of the preseason when it's a seven-year previous All-Pro going which, against which guys PFF, trying to make PFF a roster. Guy is, uh, which PFF guy is getting assigned to that game? Is it like <laughs> PFF Bob or like somebody we've just never heard of? He's on the bottom of like the, the totem pole. Like He's just, he doesn't even get a Twitter account. That's how low he is. He's not allowed. They don't let him go out in public. Yeah, P- PFF Kyle. Um, yeah, that's brutal. Um, yeah, so you're right about Fuller. I think he is, uh, he's definitely that guy that has he had needs those to get struggles. Some run. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's had his struggles in, uh, in practice, but you know, maybe he's proving he's not a practice player, goes out and gets that interception. So hopefully we get something out of him. I guess the linebacking core, there's a little bit of spice there because you've got a decision with Christian Welch and Josh Ross. That was something we were talking about in the Slack chat today. Uh, I kind of feel like Josh Ross. Might have an inside track with the Mike McDonald connection um, with the way that he's played. I know Christian Welch has the special team stuff. That's going to give him the hardball nod, I think. But uh, Ross, pretty, pretty damn impressive. And the Ravens do like their undrafted free agents. Didn't when Harbaugh was talking about Ross, didn't he mention special teams? Which if some if Harbaugh mentions you in a special teams like quote, then it means you're pretty much a roster lock, in my opinion. Yeah, it could be. I mean, it's no, if they if they take welch over ross i don't know what they're doing ross has absolutely looked great he's not the most athletic guy but he's consistently sounded as in assignments and he need, he just simply needs to be on his team what do you i agree make? garnett uh brandon stevens does need to step up i think he's going to get a lot of run at outside corner until marcus is 100 percent. i think he's going to be that first guy op- opposite marlowe so he kind of got torn up by uh andy isabella last game but I also thought he played like really well for a guy that he doesn't like stylistically match up well. Andy Isabella is a really like high twitch. And oh, he did say that about Shamar Bridges. I'm sorry. Um, mm, maybe you should be sold on Shamar, Shamar Bridges then. I'm not that. sold on Shamar Bridges. All right. We can we can have that discussion another day. I'm I'm not about the hype train for Shamar, Shamar Bridges. But no, I think Brandon Stevens got a rough, got a rough look with Andy Isabella. Um, but I think he like he was like sticking with him and Andy Isabella was doing a lot of these like comebacks and curls and stopping goes and double moves. And for the most part, he stuck pretty well with him. And that's like, that's what you kind of want out of Brandon Stevens. The whole reason like he's that guy is because he was like recruited out of high school as an athlete, played running back, got moved. So you want to see that. I mean, again, this is only his what third, fourth year playing as playing on the defensive side as a a full-time role. So I would love to see him step up and be an outside corner because I'm worried about this cornerback room right now. I, I really am. I feel like I'd be a little worried, a little less worried if I saw Jalen Armour Davis and the stuff that I see on his college film got proven at an NFL level. 
but we haven't seen him, so I can't rely on JD. So Brandon Stevens has to step up, and I know that I can rely on him. That makes sense. And yeah, I do. Uh, I like Stevens too. I feel like he's really kind of been a quiet guy in the mix here. He's obviously going to be on the team, and uh, I think they have uh, they have high hopes for him. But uh, he's had, you know, a little bit of a quiet camp, which maybe not 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 the worst thing for a defensive back. I think. I, I love quiet. I love quiet. Uh, quiet camps for DBs. I love it. I mean, think about it. We haven't heard. I mean, all we've heard about from Kyle Fuller in camp is burnt, burnt, burnt. Just got beat for a deep touchdown. Just got beat for a deep touchdown. Just look made. Just made to look absolutely silly. Meanwhile, Marlowe has been silently like nobody said anything about Marlon, which is like really weird. I don't know if I'm concerned because Marlon isn't being talked about, or if I'm like, okay, Marlon's about ready to have a. That, you know what? That, that, guy, that guy's got enough going on. He's got enough people talking about him. He brings enough attention on himself. I think he's going to be just fine no matter what. Did you see Did you see the list of uh, NFL players who tweet the most? He was like near like the bottom of like, the t- I couldn't believe that he wasn't in the top five. No, he. I think he, he's going to take that personally too. I think more than, uh, more than having God. a losing season last year, this is going to wear the on him. The last thing that he needs to be taking personally. Yeah, no, it seemed it seemed that way. But uh, yeah, I mean, so we, we touched on Josh Ross, which kind of felt like the last big story to me here. Anything else on the Josh Ross was the last story. He just needs to cement his position. I think he should get the spot. He just needs to cement it. Yep, exactly. Over the Washington football team. I refuse to call them the commanders. It's such a bad name. They screwed it up. Should have either done like Red Wolves or Red Tails or just stuck with Washington football, football team. My theory is that they're going to, they made it a shitty name on purpose so that in a couple of years when they have like some like huge scandal come out, they'll be like, oh, we're just going to change the name again. And they're going to make it something <laughs> shitty. It's then. free. When, when Dan Snyder finally goes, it's going to, they're, they're just set up to like really usher in the new era. They didn't want to waste one of the good names. Yeah, exactly. So they're just going to so, always, it's like having the offensive coordinator to fire. It's like, Oh, we, we, you know, we've got another scandal our way. Let's change the name again. That'll right. take the news <laughs> off of that. Like nobody, nobody will remember what happened before now. Yeah, exactly. And, um, no. So they're watching the football team. You know what, you know how we, how I am going to get hyped for this game. I'm ready to see Jordan stout hit some more freaking piss missiles. I love watching that man punt. There's nothing that has gotten me hype in this preseason like Jordan Stout absolutely blowing up a ball off of his foot into the sky, touching the moon, and then coming back down and making punt returners look stupid. Mm. And it seems like uh, it seems like with things... <laughs> Are you going to talk about what... Uh, we're we're what not going to talk about to? it, but I mean, it seems like... Let's, not just gonna, say, okay. let's just say the Ravens seem like they got, they got a good end of that deal there as far as the punter. They got made. the right guy. Yeah. They got the right guy. Yeah, no, he's he's definitely been fun to watch for sure. Wow. He's going to play throughout the full game uh, in a punting capacity at least. So yeah, love Stout. Friend of the program, you know, essentially. So we need to get him on the, these airwaves at some point. But, I I would love to talk to him. I would love to talk to him. Yeah, I would too. I think I think he'd be a guy who would have a lot of interesting things to say. So Jordan, we know you're a listener. Come on the pod, please. Uh, okay, so Jordan Stout is your last big storyline there. Anything else that you want to cover before we it's get It's the biggest. And my, it's the biggest storyline. Everybody, if anybody's going to this game, it's to see Jordan Stout nuke a ball. Mm, love that for them. So, any anything else that you want to hit on before we get going? Um, bring Gunner, bring bring Gunner up to Baltimore. That's that's dude. That's I how thought I'm close is it, it out. like was it weren't they like the the story was they were like waiting for something for like him to not be a rookie next year so that they waited until Wednesday but now it's okay. Thursday. So, so the story I think it was like Tuesday was like the cutoff date. Like at this point, 
if he had been called up, he wouldn't have been able to play enough games to do it. But then somebody was like, well, also there's an at-bat counter that counts towards the whole rookie of the year thing next year. So now he has to, he would have to sit out about six games if he didn't. So we're going to wait for him to do that. And then people were saying, okay, Thursday seems like a good call-up day. It's Thursday. He hasn't been called up yet. So I don't know. Maybe they do it Friday. Maybe they just never do it. Maybe they just like to watch us just go into a panic on Twitter. I mean, it definitely seems like they enjoy to do that because it's this is like literally the fourth time this year that there's some like storyline that's just creating this polarizing angst amongst this fan base when they have really bigger things to worry about. They're in a playoff race right now. So just call the kid up. Let's get this over with. I'm tired. Call DL up. DL needs to be in the bullpen right now. Like, let the man get some ML, get some major league experience. Yeah, I listen. I'm I'm down with that. I want to make sure that they develop him correctly, though. So, like, let's try to make up a starter if we can. I, so, yeah, that's that's one. That I we, don't. I really hope this isn't a long term move for him. I really. I hope it's like a David Price World Series type thing. I think. Yeah, I, I'm confident that they're taking their time with him. They want him to be a starter. So, that was talking baseball. Um, how, how, when you first started this podcast, did you, how long did you think it would take to where Orioles baseball would consistently be talked about in the podcast in this kind of manner? We, so we started it like right after they hired Elias. Um, and there was just, there was no Orioles talk like at first, uh, I thought it would be four or five years. It's been probably, it's been three. So ahead of schedule. Yeah. Besides Besides maybe the quarterback episode I did with you and Cole, I don't think I've been on this show once and not talked about the Orioles. It's it's all I want to talk about now. I might start a podcast just for the Orioles and record once a month because that's about as far as I can remember to record. Okay. Well, I will listen. I'll, I promise you that I will be a listener of that when that happens. I appreciate that. If anything actually comes of it, I'll let you know. You'll be the first to know. Listen, if I'm, if I'm a listener, I would hope I would be the first to know. But uh, Yes, sir. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, all right, bud. Any, anything else here before we get rolling? Gunner West, uh, Gunner, Gunner Henderson. I almost said the wrong last name there. Yeah. I look yeah. stupid. Yeah, you really nailed that. Um, I really nailed that. Way to way to end it. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you for joining me last minute here. Uh, great as always to talk to you, and uh, hopefully we'll get you back on here soon. Get some takes out there. Talk some Ravens. Talk. Some feels Warriors. good after. Yeah. Arm feels good after the bullpen session. Yeah, exactly. You you are a bullpen guy. You're well. Maybe you will be a future starter. We'll we'll see what happens with you. Uh, but I, you're impressing. Let's just say that. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Jake Luke. That's L O U Q U E Z. Where can they find you? Uh, at Perp underscore Black Veins. Yeah. You can find the show at Podcast Beatdown on Twitter. Thank you guys. Uh, for checking out today's show, kind of kind of hard to bring the bring the juice for the last preseason game preview, but we got it done. We hope you enjoyed it, and we'll be back uh, next week to talk to you about. You know, we'll recap the game to the best of our abilities. We'll hopefully set, have some news on roster cuts, and uh, yeah, just gearing up for the regular season. It's an exciting time. So, thanks again, guys. We'll talk to you very soon, and uh, peace out. See you. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age?
Darmi, 